Coming up, everyone's itching to get football started. So what are the games that we'll get first off that are the best, ranking the top five games of the first month of the Big Ten season? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten every day of the week. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, a look at the biggest games in the Big Ten for the first month of the season. All sorts of Big Ten games are going to be huge throughout the year, but as we get ready for the season, I feel like there's a lot of people who are getting most excited for games that won't happen for a while. I want to get into the biggest games in this first month because there's a lot of really good games and also a lot of really good Big Ten games too as we get some conference games in that first few weeks of the season as well. We'll have all that for you here on Locked On Big Ten. Again, thanks for making the show your first listen every single weekday. Be sure to subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcasts, either on Apple, Spotify. If you like watching your podcast, subscribe on YouTube too. It really, of course, helps us out when you follow and subscribe and do all that good stuff. Looking at the show today, we'll get into the top Big Ten games of September coming up. But first, look at the biggest news from around the Big Ten from over the weekend. Uh, One of the biggest headlines of the weekend was a report from Front Office Sports. They've been reporting on a lot of this Big Ten media rights stuff, talking to sources. And according to sources, they say the Big Ten is looking to get $1.5 billion, potentially when this media rights deal is all said and done. That would, of course, be huge payouts every year to each individual school. But at the same time, I feel like you can't be all that surprised anymore. We have no idea what the limit of this is. We've only talked about minimums. It was a while back when it was a billion dollars was the benchmark that was being set in a report that I think may have been from front office sports as well. But at the same time, I don't know if we can really negotiate exactly how big this deal can get yet for a couple of reasons. One, it's a different landscape of negotiations. Right now you have not only the big players fighting for this. I'm talking about Fox, uh, ESPN, NBC, as we talked about last week. It's the way that they're fighting for it too that's a little bit different as well, that adds in new players. When we had done media rights before, it was all about getting the biggest chunk of games, being able to say that your network was the face of the Big Ten. And Fox has done that well. ESPN obviously has a big chunk of it too. But now you're having some players coming in who are just saying, hey, we'll give you stacks and stacks and stacks of money for one game a week, just one. I'm talking about like the Apple TV stuff where they're playing a baseball game. I don't know if it's every day or a few times a week, but it's not a lot of baseball games. And Apple's getting in and paying higher than market value, I would imagine, for like per game basis than what other markets and streaming services are paying. So when you add in like the Apple who might want just a game a week or Amazon who might just want a few games throughout the season and you look at the prices that these services are willing to pay to get those games, you start getting astronomical with the numbers. 
I don't know how big things can get, but I mean, you shouldn't downplay also the idea that this going from a billion to a billion point five is not a small bump either. We're talking about a 50% raise on a billion dollars. That's a lot. So when you're getting into like the limits of what this is, I don't know if you can have them. And I'm sure the Big Ten is taking this media rights negotiation into the season now because they don't feel like they're done squeezing the juice out of this thing yet. Again, I don't know how big it gets, but $1.5 billion is a number that's, of course, unprecedented and something we need to talk about. But as far as surprising, I think I'm done being surprised with exactly how big these numbers can get. I just don't think that's exactly how you can think about this at all. Minimums, sure. I think we're right now, at, if this report is right, a minimum, $1.5 billion to be able to get all these rights or, or what the Big Ten, I guess, will have when you put all of the money together at the end of it. Let's look at other news around the Big Ten again as we start off the show here on a Monday. Uh, news out of Michigan, Mel Pearson out as the Wolverines head hockey coach. This after claims of asking players to live, lie on COVID forums, uh, retaliating against one player who was questioning team culture, and also deliberately deceiving recruits on how much scholarship money they would get. Uh, tough news, of course, just because, I mean, obviously, if any of this is true and what the allegations are, I haven't read too much into it, but it's all warranted stuff. But just tough in the sense that we have to deal with it, I suppose. But again, Mel Pearson out as Michigan's head hockey coach. And it has been a rough year again for Michigan in a few different spots in stuff that honestly shouldn't be in any of this stuff we're talking about on this show. In other news, stuff that we can and love to talk about on this show, Mel Tucker is going into NFTs. I don't know if we love, we love Mel Tucker. I guess we love NFTs too. But the point is, this is a fun story and we love that kind of stuff. Mel Tucker is selling NFTs under his own name, you can buy Tuck coins that he has for sale available, as well as a couple of other NFT items that are available for purchase or for you to bid on. If you want to get one right now, the lowest price for anything is at 0.25 Ethereum or 400 and as I look at my number, $27. So not cheap, but there are some like real life perks here that are actually interesting. I was getting ready to make fun of this thing pretty hard. But if you end up purchasing an NFT, you get put into a membership that includes access to coaches or chats with Coach Tucker, live chats in season, which is honestly pretty cool. And also the opportunity to get on the field for Michigan State football practices too. Not all of them, obviously, I'm sure, but the opportunity to get on the field and watch the Spartans practice. So for this NFT, you're able to actually cash in some good perks, which is really cool. And it's nice to actually have uh, something. Again, a lot of NFTs do this, I guess. But it's not, I was, again, surprised. I, I guess I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, and also a little confused as to how Michigan State is able to do this all within the rules. But anyway, it, I was a little surprised to see that there was actually some cool stuff going with it. Anywho, uh, last note. CBS Sports is reporting the Big Ten has cooled down on talks of adding more teams before this season. And I, as the season got closer, kind of had been leaning more towards, I guess, nothing more happening. 
even a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, hey, who knows what's going on, especially when talks of Big Ten's sources, actual sources from within the conference, saying that there had been talks of new negotiations with teams. But at the end of the day, doing this in season is something that, again, would be unprecedented. And we've seen unprecedented things happen in this last summer. But at the same time, I don't think the Big Ten wants to get into it while games are being played. So at least for my eyes, as the season gets started, it ends talks until next offseason of trying to add any more teams. I don't know. Again, stuff that hasn't happened before has been happening as of late. So we'll see what ends up going down. We're going to talk top Big Ten games of the first month of the season here on this show, breaking down all the way from the beginning of September to the end. In fact, a few days before in August, if you know where Northwestern Nebraska are playing to. Uh, it's going to be a fun month of the season, and I'm looking forward to breaking down my top games, at least in my head, with you. But first, our show today is brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. It's a place to go for pretty much anything professional online. You know that already. It's the social network for professionals out there to try and get their name out there. But also, the new LinkedIn Jobs extension of LinkedIn allows you to actually find jobs, post jobs, apply to jobs, and start your next career or make your next step in your career if you're looking for it. In fact, if you go on there right now, you can post a new job for free. Did you know every week, Nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Breaking down games here as we get into the first month of the Big Ten football season. I looked at all the games on the schedule for every team, and I was going to at least go down and say, okay, maybe we'll trim this down to a top five. That seems right. And then when I looked and I pointed games that picked out, I got a clear five that I think stand out, at least in my head, over the rest of the games on the schedule. So at least to me, you can change the order if you like, but this is the top five games in the Big Ten football season for September. Starting out at number five is probably a little bit of an obvious one, Iowa against Iowa State. This one, huge for both teams, a big non-conference rivalry, of course. As far as like Big Ten implications go, maybe we don't care about it as much from a conference standpoint, but uh, of course it's always just a huge, huge tradition and, and something that may be going away, honestly, if things start getting changed around with college football. So this one in Iowa, huge game, obvious pick to just put somewhere in the top five, September 10th in week two. That one's going to be a big one, of course, for both those teams as always. They've both been good enough to suggest it's going to be a competitive football game. So I'm looking forward to it. And, and they seem to always put together good games too. Moving on to number four, huge Big Ten matchup right off the bat in week one, not week zero when Northwestern and Nebraska play. I'm talking week one. This is Penn State against Purdue. Two teams who are in kind of similar spots here, if you ask me, in trying to step it up a notch and get recognized at a more national level. In Penn State's case, again, after having a few years down, and in Purdue's case, to try and reach new heights. In particular, I think this game for the Boilermakers is really, really big. It's, again, starting off the season with a Big Ten game. So, of course, if you're trying to win the Big Ten title or, or get to the Big Ten title game, you're 
going to have this one matter. First game, first time you get out onto that field. It's at Purdue. I think they announced earlier today it was that they're going to be wearing the all-black uniforms for this game. So they're planning on showing out for it. And again, for both these teams, it's just kind of, I think, a trendsetter. Something where both these squads can and should be thinking about this as one that sets the mood for the rest of the season. For Purdue, it's an opportunity to go and beat a blue blood football program in Penn State that, again, while they've been down, if, if you're someone who's working from a Purdue program standpoint, you're looking up at Penn State too, I think, as far as like just football history and things like that go. So this is an opportunity to beat a big, big program. I would imagine Purdue doesn't have a lot of wins against Penn State. It would be a huge, huge way to start off the season and a good way to leapfrog into what they're hoping in West Lafayette is the best football season they've had in a really long time. On the Penn State side, plenty of evidence to suggest that this Nittany Lion team can be streaky. And getting off to a good start is huge, huge to them as well. So I think that game is just a huge trendsetter for both teams. Where can you go here this season? Week one, again, is probably the least we should take away from any of these games, given the players are still just getting acclimated to things. But I think we're going to be able to at least get an idea of where each team is at, without a doubt, by how well they play in that game. Because that's one where it's not just the first game of the season. There's going to be a little bit of extra get up for it if you know what I mean. Number three game on my list, Nebraska-Oklahoma. A non-conference matchup. This one comes in week three, September 17th in Nebraska. And for the Cornhuskers, it's big not just because Nebraska had a chance to beat Oklahoma last season, because it's Oklahoma, but also because of the schedule for the Cornhuskers at the start of this season. You look down from top to bottom, You're talking Northwestern, you're talking North Dakota, you're talking Georgia Southern, and then you get Oklahoma. After that game, two conference games, Indiana and Rutgers. That first game against Northwestern in Ireland, anything can happen. But if they win that game, you're looking at a really good chance with that Oklahoma win, if they can get it, of Nebraska being 6-0 going into what will be a huge matchup against Purdue in October. So as far as Nebraska's chances at contending in the Big Ten West, no, they don't need to beat Oklahoma. But if they really want to be one of those top, top teams up there, this is a game that you go in and win and make that statement early. Because if you don't beat Oklahoma, to be completely honest, anything up until that Purdue game is going to be, okay, well, they haven't played anybody yet still. Yeah, they're looking good. But this Purdue game will be the date that gets circled on the Big Ten calendar if they can't win that non-conference game as the game that is, okay, is Nebraska legit? You beat Oklahoma, you silence those critics much, much earlier in the season. And I think establish yourself as a team that's like, okay, in an open West, let's go for it. That's, I think, biggest thing for Nebraska. And also, you add in the other side of in a season with one possession losses all over it last year. Oklahoma was a big one of them. And Nebraska is definitely trying to get that monkey off their back, you know. So huge game for Nebraska. Again, that one on September 17th. Number two game, Michigan State against Minnesota, week four, September 24th at MSU. 
This one's big because I think you have in these two teams squads that are looking to go from good to great. Minnesota contended for the West a couple of years ago in 2019, had a dip down in 2020, is back in 2021, and in my opinion, has proven to me that P.J. Fleck knows how to at least build a program that can sustain. So now that he's proven that, what's next for Minnesota? Same for Mel Tucker. On a much faster schedule, he's climbed up and gotten Michigan State into a point where they're thinking, okay, we can run with anyone in the Big Ten any week because of what he's built in such a short time. The transfer portal obviously matters, and he's got himself another retooled team this year that's trying to run it back again and even improve on that. So when you have two programs who seem to be headed in uh, even more than the right direction, they're at the right spot where they need to be. Saying they are headed to where they want to be is, I guess, an understatement. They're where they want to be right now. The question is, how high do they go up? And can these two teams really contend for their respective sides of this conference? On the Minnesota side, again, in an open West, and on the Michigan State side, I guess it's really just a sense of, okay, can you be the team to challenge Ohio State on that side this year? Both those teams, I think, have that potential. But I still need to see it from both of them against the biggest squads this season. After, again, a lot of retooling from Michigan State and quite a few good players leaving to the pros for Minnesota, it's big for them to both, I think, start off well, which they should given their schedules too. But then going into this week four game, again, a tone setter. And I think something where we'll get an idea of the first time these two teams play really good opponents quality matchup who's able to come out on top and grind out that win because i think both these teams are really going to want to have that kind of next step go that you're going to have the fight and again when you have pj fleck on one side and mel tucker on the other it's going to be fun to watch so that's my number two game number one i think has to be wisconsin against ohio state same weekend september 24th it'll be going on over in ohio at osu Now, I'm not saying that this will be necessarily a great game. I think Ohio State's quite a bit better than what Wisconsin is. However, given what these two teams have been in recent years, with how much Ohio State has won the East, how much Wisconsin has won the West, this has to be the biggest game on the calendar in the first month. And also, just when I was debating, okay, should I put a game that I really don't think is going to be that close at the top of this list? Then I thought, okay, well, what happens if Wisconsin actually wins it? And that scenario made it a no-doubter for me that this is the most important game of the Big Ten's first month. Because if Wisconsin pulls off that upset, there's all bets are off. Ohio State suddenly becomes vulnerable one month into the season. And Wisconsin suddenly becomes a contender because of the win and the loss, but also because of kind of what we're thinking about these two teams. Ohio State's supposed to be pretty close to unbeatable again this year. Wisconsin's supposed to have quite a bit of question marks again and at a lot of crucial positions, under center being one of them. If Graham Mertz comes out and beats Ohio State, it not only affects the standings for the Big Ten the rest of the season, it affects how you think about each of these teams in such an immense way that, again, it has to be at the top of our list. It just has to be the most important game 
given what Wisconsin and Ohio State have been in the Big Ten as of late, and again, how big it would be if Ohio State were to take that early loss. Uh, they've got Notre Dame then there too again at the beginning of the season, so no bets are off, of course, that they even come into that game undefeated. But if they do, that's the biggest game of the first month of the season. It's two teams who are presumably going to be, at the very least, in Ohio State's case, of course, and Wisconsin's case, if history tells us anything. Both these teams are going to be in the conversation at the end of the season for the Big Ten title. So this is obviously a huge game first month of the year to get one of them a Big Ten win and the other a Big Ten loss. That's my list of top five games for the month. You can let me know if you think I missed anything. Like I said, I thought that this was quite clearly top five games. I thought about Ohio State and Notre Dame there too, but the kind of way that Ohio State's been able to shake off a week one loss in a non-conference game, I, I didn't think it was huge, huge in that way. And there was another, I think, Iowa game maybe I, I was thinking about putting up there maybe perhaps. Uh, Iowa, Michigan's the next week, first week of October. But anyway, I think I got it pretty good. But again, let us know if you think you disagree. It's at Nate with Sports, my personal account, at Locked On Big Ten. That's one zero, not T-E-N on Twitter, if you want to comment, complain, any of all that stuff. In just a minute, we're going to have a listener comment in on the Minnesota Gophers to discuss, as apparently I have a short change in the Gophers last week. That's coming up. But first, Bet Online is the place to go for anything that you need as far as your sports gambling information goes. If you want updates on the latest to know on trends and movements in lines, if you want to learn a little bit more on how things are done in the gambling world, and if you just need to brush up on anything at all, you can head on over to betonline.net and get all of the information that you need. BetOnline's a one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs, so head on over right now to BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, wrapping things up. One more thing before I get to a quick recruiting update on things and only a few uh, commits over the weekend. But first, a comment from a listener from last week, a friend Boatwagon from over when I did my Locked on Gophers podcast when I first saw the name, uh, replying to one of our shows last week. I'm not sure if it was when we had coaches' comments on that we were talking about this with the Gophers, but I uh, mentioned that the 2020 season was a disappointment for Minnesota. And I believe I had in the conversation talk about like, okay, do the Big Ten teams think Minnesota's legit or do they think that that 2020 season was just a fluke or something that's a real problem in building that program? I don't know. Uh, But here's what he said in response. Uh, Quote, OMG, can you let go of 2020? It wasn't a disappointment. It was an aberration and 21 proved it. Uh, Gophers only played seven games and nearly beat Wisconsin at the end. What would we have done with 13 games and normal practices to coach up three stars to four stars? Let go. Uh, End quote. Now, there are really good points made here. And to be quite honest, you can't argue against anything that's trying to say that COVID-19 had a big factor in the 2020 season. And for the Minnesota Gophers, where that team was at in 2020... After the big 2019 season and losing talented guys, trying to rebuild in spots, and with the way that Minnesota has to try and compete with recruiting with the rest of the top Big Ten programs, it is really important to have a normal summer, have a normal practice schedule, and coach up those three and four star players who are, even if they're not the incoming freshmen, now juniors, sophomores, 
players who are going to be trying and getting spots now. That's huge, especially for, again, a team that was in the position the Gophers were at that time. But at the same time, to say that season wasn't a disappointment, I think, is a little bit off the line. I mean, after the 2019 campaign, you knew there was going to be a step back. But I think Gophers fans were trying to think, okay, how big of a sustaining program is this now? Can P.J. Fleck be a guy who just plugs in the new guy who hasn't been out there yet and he can still be serviceable? I don't know if that had been answered at the Big Ten level yet. And I think in 21, he proved it. The biggest thing I think I have to say is that I'm not trying to be too critical with Minnesota over anything else. I believe this team's good. I think that 21 proved, as he said, 21 proved that 2020 was not Minnesota falling off, going into a down slump that P.J. Fleck would have to slowly build up again. I think in 21 they did prove that this is a team that can at least sustain good football now with the program he built. But with him him, and a team like Michigan State, the team they'll play in that top five game, or a team like Purdue, the question is no longer, are you good, right? I think what has maybe my fault been myself being a little bit more critical in the way I casually talk about a team like Minnesota, it isn't me saying, okay, Minnesota isn't good. It's me saying the bar has been raised. Minnesota's good now. Are you happy with seven wins now? Are you happy with eight wins? Or are you looking for Big Ten West contending teams? Are you looking for teams that beat Wisconsin and Iowa? Uh, something that Minnesota has not done still since P.J. Fleck has gotten there entirely. Beaten Wisconsin and Iowa in the same season? I don't know if they've beaten Iowa at all. But the point is, there are still hurdles to get over here. And you shouldn't be satisfied with, okay, we're good enough to win eight games. Can you win that extra one or two that puts you over the top and gets you to Indianapolis? That's the next step. That's the goal now for all of these teams is to get to that game. Because that's, again, something that still has not been done for them. And for a team like Minnesota, it's not that you're bad. It's not that it's a bad football team. I don't think this team's not going to qualify for a bowl game. No, of course not. This is an over 500 Big Ten football team. Uh, probably over 500 in the Big Ten football team. But when you look at what's next for Minnesota, it's win the West. For so many teams, it is win the West this year. That's the goal. It's a wide open division. So again, it's not that Minnesota's bad. It's not that I'm hating on Minnesota. I'll, I guess I'll check myself more when I'm talking about them just in the day-to-day conversations on the show. But if I'm being critical or sounding critical, it's because I've raised the bar. The bar is now, can you be Big Ten West winning good? Which Minnesota was in 2019, but they didn't win it. And now you got to try and get back to that again. I think they're good enough. I think there's a lot of teams good enough in that division. But Minnesota, again, that's just, that's what the bar is. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we've got top 25 from the coaches are out. Before we get into wrapping things up, a quick update on recruits from over the weekend. A big get for Ohio State. Four-star linebacker Arvell Reese commits to the Buckeyes. Not a surprise that Ohio State's still doing well on the trail. Also, three-star safety Zachary Toby commits to Illinois out of Florida. And unranked offensive tackle Gregory Smith commits to Maryland as well. Those were the only commitments from over the weekend. Slowing down as school gets started up again, 
these visits and commitments and all that kind of stuff. So we may have to suspend that particular part day to day on our segments and what we do here. But again, we'll be back tomorrow with big stuff with top 25 to talk about and also anything else that happens in the Big Ten. Until then, Nate Dickinson, this has been Locked On Big Ten. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. That's one zero, not T-E-N. Also subscribe on YouTube at the same page if you want to watch the show, which is our faces talking to each other. But again, wherever you get your podcasts, there are my personal account at Nate with Sports. We'll talk to you tomorrow.